If you are ready to change the way people experience the transition to parenthood, you've come to the right place. On this podcast, we interview postpartum professionals, academics and researchers, as well as parents with unique perspectives on postpartum. Whether you've been working with new families for decades or are brand new to postpartum care, we'd love you to join us. I'm your host, Julia Jones. Hello and welcome to Newborn Mothers Podcast. And today we have a very special guest and I'm amazed it's taken us this long to have you on the show. But Dusk, welcome. Dusk is our business manager here at Newborn Mothers and also a birth doula. Uh, over at listening, the Listening Mama and specialises in supporting survivors of uh, abuse. And so, Dusk, I've appreciated you obviously as our business manager, doing lots of project management, people management, all that kind of stuff, but also having your insight as someone who has some um, experience with how we can provide more trauma-sensitive care uh, has been invaluable to newborn mothers. So I wanted to have you on specifically to talk about that. So how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here and, yeah, to share about this. It can feel overwhelming, but there's so much that we can do to, yeah, to create more safety for for mothers like me. Yes, and I think that's been really, really helpful to us here at Newborn Mothers. We've definitely um, changed a little bit about how we use language and how we um, teach and things like that because of having this insight. So I wanted to share that so that other people can um, can do some of that as well. Now, I know that many people are survivors and we probably don't really even know how many because a lot of people don't um, perhaps never tell anybody what's happened to them. Uh, and a lot of the time this is triggered by many of the experiences that we have in postpartum um, as well. There are lots of physical and emotional and relational things that happen in postpartum that can bring up a lot of big feelings for people who've been um, experienced trauma um, or abuse in their childhood or earlier in their lives. So let's have a chat about what we can do to create some safer postpartum experiences. But first of all, um, I'm interested to know how you came to this work and what your story is. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a survivor of sexual assault from childhood and then also experienced kind of complex developmental trauma. And when I came to um, fall pregnant with my daughter, I had this image that motherhood was going to wipe the slate clean because um, I guess it was, you know, six, seven years ago when I was pregnant and the television shows, the media, the pop culture didn't really have a lot of examples of um, mothers who were struggling, whereas the kind of media sort of changed now. But back then the images that I saw of mothers was kind of like, you know, everything kind of gets fixed when you become a mother and anything that you're struggling with kind of pales in comparison to, you know, that perspective of motherhood. And so I genuinely believed if I had a positive birth, I would have a great postpartum and the slate would be wiped clean and all of the kind of echoes of my trauma or the impacts of trauma on my life would go away, which was not the case. <laughs> but yeah, there was a genuine kind of longing and hope for that. Um, so I, you know, experienced a high level of anxiety and insomnia, panic attacks. That was part of my, um, yeah, the way that I moved through the world. And 
and I hoped that that would kind of disappear when it, when I became a mother. Um, unfortunately, that was not the case. I had um, anxiety, very high levels of anxiety in my pregnancy. Um, I had a positive birth, but I did experience obstetric bullying afterwards. And then my daughter was in NICU with a very um, life-threatening condition, but we brought her home a week later, very healthy, but it was quite a significant experience. Um, and my mum was also um, very ill and, and on her journey towards um, death with, with her diagnosis of cancer. So it was a very loaded time. There was trauma in there in terms of my birth, but that was layered upon this experience of, you know, an imprint of complex trauma. So I remember bringing my baby home and, yeah, it was a very challenging time for me postpartum. Um, I didn't realise it at the time, but retrospectively was diagnosed with post like postnatal OCD or postpartum OCD. Um, and so my kind of expectations that, you know, the slate would be wiped clean and my trauma would be, you know, my trauma responses would kind of be superseded by this experience of motherhood uh, was just not the case. And I began to wonder, you know, what resources are out there for survivors who are trying to navigate pregnancy and birth and then motherhood. And unfortunately, I didn't find a lot. So it was a very lonely journey in the beginning of my motherhood. Yeah, it's interesting because I often hear people say that they had this kind of like, and it's a bit of a Christian image of the Mother Mary and you're just like born as this perfect mother, you know, like you just have a baby and it just clicks, you know what to do. Um, but then you even had a further layer on top of that, that it would also heal you internally, not that just you would know what to do as a mother, but you would be the perfect mother it would all yes. that pain would be released and i was just reflecting as well that that is actually taking a lot of the the bravery and the effort that mothers put in because actually that's a lot of work for us to to do that it's not like we just have a baby and we're instantly great mums no we have a baby and we work through a lot of our stories and experiences and we learn how to be a better mother and you know we're putting in effort and being brave about that every day. So we should really be, yeah, giving you a little bit more credit for that, not just thinking it's this like magic automatic thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's everyone goes through, you know, that matrescence experience of reorienting your whole identity. And for survivors of abuse and complex trauma, there are so many other additional layers that we need to navigate through. So you know, there's kind of an inner split that happens not just from woman to mother, but there's, you know, ones around kind of being that self-protector to being the cycle breaker where you focus so much on your own personal healing, but now you bring a child into the world, you're now focusing on breaking the cycle so that you don't, you know, your child doesn't experience the same thing as you. 
Um, and there's that kind of, you know, that shift from self-regulation, you know, so much self-regulation is required when you're a survivor to then regulating another little being that can also trigger your own kind of dysregulation. And so, yeah, there's a lot of layers to, to work through. I think about it as the trauma wall that we're pushing through, um, alongside the maternal wall. What, um, what could have prepared you better, you know, because you're talking about this kind of idea, this impression that you had of motherhood, what would have been valuable for you to know before going into that? Yeah, I think that I longed so much for that kind of Mother Mary trope to be true. Sorry, my dog is barking in the background. Um, that I'm sure people kind of tried to prepare me, but I just... I, I don't know whether I didn't want to hear it or I couldn't hear it. Um, so I'm sure there was things that people did to support me, um, but at the time they just didn't seem to reach me. So I think now when I'm working with families, one of the biggest things that I talk about is, you know, things will come up. There will be moments of dysregulation or distress. Um, and rather than kind of going, I don't want this to happen, having the attitude of this may happen in moments, so what can I do to support myself if that arises? So rather than kind of, you know, thinking it won't happen, rather than expecting that it will, just sitting in this space of possibility that, you know, that those old echoes of trauma may influence this space and how do we want to meet them. So whether that's, you know, going through kind of a, a postpartum mental health plan to ensure that there's support available. Um, yeah, looking at that broader wellbeing, you know, plan, looking at those what are the flags if things are starting to go downhill and how can we, you know, how can we, begin to have conversations about that a few different kind of yeah open open conversations and explorations on on the what ifs and how could we move in that space and so what are some of the useful resources that you have either come across or created since then because I know there wasn't much for you at the time yeah um definitely you know the resources that have been developed in the newborn mothers postpartum education and care professional training those client resources to have the conversations around mental health sleep breastfeeding and how how to move with those experiences I think are really helpful um in my uh in my you know doula work it, depending on on who you know the client is and what their experience is you know we might even do you know a plan of you know if suicidal suicidal ideation comes up you know how are we gonna you know how are we gonna approach this who who are you gonna talk to what who do you want to reach out to what are the resources available to you who can mind your child when you attend those appointments so really getting into the nitty-gritty so that when you're in it you don't have to be going oh my gosh like I can't this is too much it's too overwhelming you can just pull out the plan and and go okay six months ago when I was thinking this is never going to happen these are the things that I wrote down if it did um, and it might not get to that point you know it might just be looking at um, you know 
at that point between the baby blues and in, and when it gets a little bit long, you know, if that drags out a little bit longer, how might what questions might you ask? Who will ask them, and who might you want to explore that with? Um, so just meeting those different areas of vulnerability, um, so that you can can kind of meet it with gentleness and compassion rather than that, you know, really critical inner voice of. I can't believe that this is happening and what did I do to cause this, recognising that it might arise and when you do, you've made a plan to, to meet that with gentleness. Hey there, I'm interrupting this podcast to let you know that if you are really enjoying this episode, then you'll really enjoy our postpartum education and care professional training too. Our training is online and available worldwide. We've already trained nearly 2000 students in 60 different countries and we'd love you to join us. Wherever you are in your postpartum career, taking your first step or with decades of experience, if you feel a deep calling to work with new families, during this life-changing transformation, this course is for you. Learn more at newbornmothers.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Mm, yeah, I love it. And do you want to tell us a little bit about the work that you do now as a doula? Yeah, so when I started three years ago, I very much wanted to, I suppose, be the person that I didn't have. So when I was pregnant, you know, I would Google, um, you know, pregnancy support for survivors of sexual assault and very little came up. And I remember talking to my midwife, had an amazing caseload midwife who was an absolute angel. But, you know, within the system, there just isn't that time to explore all the things, you know, they have to cover the basics. Um, and she did above and beyond that but when I asked about you know my experience as a survivor and recognizing that that could arise for me in the birth space she just told me to google the positive birth movement and to look at um Shalom Stone's resource Rock Your Birth which I did and it was amazing um but you know I just remember thinking that's not okay how can you know one fourth of the women's population have experienced abuse and be navigating pregnancy birth and postpartum with this you you know very different experience and there'd be absolutely no resources for us and it's very reflective of the silencing that that happens around this experience it's such a cultural taboo and yet even in our you know in our system there's just no resources for us um so I was like that's, that's my area of expertise that I want to work in. And I guess I just, yeah, put myself out there as this is who I am, this is my story and, you know, um, I will try and work in a supportive, trauma-sensitive way. And I've had a range of different people from different walks of life come and work with me. Some have experienced trauma, some haven't, and I treat them all with that same you know, trauma-sensitive approach because I think when whether someone's experienced trauma or not, everyone benefits from trauma-sensitive care. Yeah, and can you tell us what that means, trauma-sensitive care? Yeah, so there's different le levels and layers of um, working with people with trauma. There's trauma awareness, trauma sensitivity, um, trauma-informed, and often I think there's this kind of 
cultural best practice pressure to be trauma-informed across every aspect of care. And there is so many different experiences of trauma. I think it's unrealistic to be able to have extensive knowledge in every area. So for me personally, I would say like I'm trauma-informed in working with survivors of sexual assault, but I might only be trauma-aware in working with, you know, trans families because I don't have as much knowledge and experience in that area. So I aim to be trauma-sensitive, which is having an understanding and an awareness of how trauma kind of impacts people and then intentionally having practices in the way that I work with people that kind of make room for and respond to to their trauma. And it doesn't have to be disclosed. It's just how I move with everyone that I work with. So I have a range of principles that um, kind of support that work. And, yeah, it's really mu very much centering people's sense of safety and looking at how we can create autonomy, choice, um, sense of empowerment and regulation really for their nervous system. Yeah, which we know is good actually for everyone. We know that, you know, for people who might be neurodivergent or for people who have had other sort of um, any other challenges, mental health or even people who really don't have anything at all that they thought was a big deal, postpartum can still be a big deal. So, yes. you know, having that approach to everyone I think is really the gold standard, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And if trauma-sensitive care was kind of used across the board, it would, you know, reduce birth trauma significantly because so much birth trauma is not what happened to you, it's how you were treated when it happened to you. And then I think a lot of birth trauma, uh, you know, you know, from a different lens is actually re-traumatisation of people who have been abused because birth trauma can really mirror that same experience. So if we could bring trauma-sensitive care, you know, more into our practice, into the medical system, it would just make such a difference in so many people's lives. Mm. Yeah, so amazing. Do you have anything else you want to share? Yeah, I think if you're thinking about kind of where, like where to start, um, there's lots of resources out there, absolutely, and there's some in newborn mothers, beginning with, you know, looking at your own story and your own triggers can be a really good place to start because as a practitioner, we can often be impacted by our clients' stories. And if we're kind of feeling dysregulated or stressed in holding that space, then it's not necessarily creating you know, a positive working environment for that person. So doing exploration on your own story, which we do a lot of in the course, you know, um, how is this affecting you? What's coming up for you? Thinking about, you know, your own system of support, your own village, so that as you're working with people who may have experienced trauma, you're also, you know, finding spaces to care for yourself. So that self care as a practitioner is a really important part and then I think just thinking about um, what makes people comfortable even the word safety can often be loaded or a little bit triggering um, and in the trauma-informed space you know we talk about safe enough or safer so using that starting point of really understanding you know how do people feel comfortable within themselves like 
um, and I do big explorations with with families around what that looks like. Is it warmth? Is it cool? Is it touch? Is it no touch? Um, and and really getting a, a a landscape of how you know how they what are their own inner resources that they draw on and the environmental ones to make them feel that sense of of comfort and and safety. And then I think the third thing is always using invitational language. So before doing anything, just making sure that uh, it, it's been asked of that person. So, you know, would it be all right if I, you know, if the plan is to, you know, run them a bath or make them a meal, just always checking in, you know, is it all right if I go into your kitchen now? Because for some people that might be a really, that might be their safe place in their home. And so, just kind of jumping on in there and dumping your stuff all over the kitchen can, you know, might be a little bit of a, oh gosh, someone's in my space. So just taking that extra moment to ask, would it be right if I start cooking your meal in the kitchen now, can just really, you know, send that person into a calming, like, oh, I'm in control now. Even when someone's invited you in to be their support person, just making sure there's always those kind of micro moments of, um, yeah, of informed consent can be really helpful along the way. So I think those are just a few little ways to get started, just looking after yourself, learning how to make people feel comfortable, and then, yeah, ensuring you're using that invitational language with with the way that you, you know, support people, whether that's in their homes or in group classes. Um, that's a good way to kind of get started in this area. Yeah, I love it. That's really simple and practical um, for people who are listening and not sure where to start. And um, I think um, as well, just that understanding that this could be anyone they might not have disclosed to you. And even if they have, you might not know the specifics of what is triggering or upsetting for them. Sometimes they might not even know until something happens. So having that, the constant little check-ins so that at any point they can go like, oh, this isn't feeling good or can we do it this way or let's just pause, you know, it just is, um, it's going to be really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. So Dusk, you've started a new website called deardusk.com. Can you tell us about <laughs> that? Absolutely. So I think for me, What's driven me over these last seven years is just that kind of part of me that came home from my midwife appointment and and Googled, you know, how to, you know, pregnant survivors of, you know, trauma or navigating motherhood, you know, as a survivor and just having nothing come up or academic articles that I was not going to be kind of trawling through. I want, I, I want you know, to go back in time and for me to be able to type that into Google and for this website, Dear Dusk, to come up uh, and to be able to just read from someone just like myself, because it is myself, um, you know, the experience that, you know, mothering, you know, as a survivor or mothering after complex trauma, it looks a little bit different, but you're not alone in it. And, I've kind of styled it as an, an an agony aunt column so people can ask questions and I can share my experience as a peer, but also, you know, as a as a perinatal professional, so that people can navigate this thing in community. I love it. Thank you so much. We'll pop some uh links up 
for that for people to check out more about. Uh, any closing words? Any closing words? I just want to honour any survivors that are listening to this podcast and how you are moving, you know, through your life as a woman, as, you know, a human, as um, a mother, as a parent, whatever that looks like for you. I just honour your resilience and, yeah, your unique journey uh, as you move through your life and find places of joy and contribution and strength and love. Thank you so much, Dusk. Here at Newborn Mothers, we believe that every family has the right to high-quality postpartum care. If you want to join us, learn more at newbornmothers.com. And if you like this podcast, we'd really love you to leave us a five-star review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.